We've been thinking about a lot of things, mostly you. We hope you're all safe out there. Once again, we are recording remotely as we remain sequestered in our homes. This week, we are discussing two films about the trials and tribulations of being trapped indoors, House and House 2, The Second Story. This Werewolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And gentlemen, we are back recording. We are back in the palatial con- confines of our own recording studios, <laughs> i.e. our houses. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well. David, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I can't complain, Healthy? I guess. Yeah, sure. Parents yeah. doing all right? Yeah, they came over uh, to drop some stuff off, like a... A week ago and it was kind of weird like it was like from a distance like air hugs all that stuff it's like all right well see you later and from then like a uh, from a distance and then i've been like hiking every morning um and even that's weird so I'll, like, I'll tie a bandana like around my nose and my mouth and then uh as i see people approaching i'll pull it over like a bandit like i'm a train robber yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. i was thinking about that i went i, I went to a convenience store um, a few days ago, You're like, give me all your money, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I just want to no, scratch it. I was walking out of the convenience store and he had a ski <laughs> mask on Jesus. a full on ski mask. And I was like, my wife and kids were in the car. And I said, uh, boy, this must be good times for like robbers. Right. Yeah. Cause they can just walk around with their oh, ski yeah. masks. Everyone, on. everyone looks like robbers, time. even oh, the yeah. robbers. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we'll always get away with it. Now. <laughs> those, those old wild West bandits must be making a killing right now. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> just don't take the whiskey <laughs> and david are you still uh going into your office yeah so i'm still working every day um oh, but we've been transitioning people out so it's kind of weird like my i feel like my job like over the last couple of weeks has been like showing people how to set up stuff at home and then kicking, yeah. and then kicking them out of the building and and most of those people will be working from home then yeah okay yeah well that's good and uh alan you're doing all right yeah, I'm still working. Um, well, that's what happens when you're the big cheese. <laughs> no, I'm like, it's like with David. You guys are like the bosses. You guys got to always work. <laughs> we'll be the last yeah. guys out. We'll be the guys on the Titanic playing the violin. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's tough because, uh, you know, there's some guys furloughed at my place. Mm-hmm. We've actually been busier. We're solar and electrical distribution but i was gonna i was gonna ask that do you think that part of that is because and this is so not in the realm of horror but it does get into our personal kind of lives so maybe people can get to know us a little bit but do you think wake with your 
the, your business without giving it away because there's so many people who are maybe at home now. Mm-hmm. They're like trying to go, well, you know, I've always wanted to have this done and now I'm home so I can have a contractor come out and put this in or I can do this or I can do that. Or, um, you know, you talked about yeah. solar, you know, maybe, maybe they're just thinking, eh, I'm going to yeah. save some bucks. Yeah. The, it's, it's good that consumers, you know, are, are doing that sort of thing because, you know, they're, first of all, they're, they're finding, they're finding things to keep them busy. Cause a lot of people, some people are going crazy and you know, some people can't handle this, but there's yeah. people who are finding good use out of their time. Oh, maybe I'll get some solar panels. Maybe I'll update my electrical or something. So they go to these companies that do that work. And those are our customers. Those companies are our customers and they've been more busy than ever. You know, I'm like, bottom line is I'm just really fortunate to, you know, be in the position that I am, but it's also tough. Like I said, I had to sit in a meeting like to furlough some individuals. That's tough. That sucks. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, but at the same time, like just from things that I'm reading, like, and seeing like, it's, it's going to be a while before any of this is over. And even when it's over, it's nothing's going to be the same. It's not going to, yeah. there's not, it's going to be a new normal. Oh, definitely. And yeah. you know, one thing, I mean, besides the people that have been laid off or furloughed and I, I guess on the bright side of being furloughed, you still have a job when you come back or when things like when the ship writes itself, mm-hmm. like being laid off, like you are done, done zone. Yeah. Right. When you're furloughed, it's like, Sometimes okay. Sometimes furlough may even lead to a termination, too. It could. It could, definitely. But for the time being, yeah. uh, when you're furloughed, my understanding is, at least at my place of business, so is those people are still are able to yeah. keep their health benefits, which is yeah. always a good thing, especially in times like this. Um, but, Brett, how are you? Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, I was going to get to that in a second. Thank you for asking. But... Um, the uh, what I was going to say though was is I feel like some people want to spend money, like yeah. people are like itching to go to the store. Like I I want to go out and I want to like yeah, have yeah. Money. it's not that I don't have money. It's yeah. that I just can't go to the places that I wanted to go to. You know I can't go to Zia Records. I right. can't go to uh, so ordering stuff online. You can still order some stuff online, but not all places are. I ordered. Distributing. A, I bought a new base couple weeks ago oh, but nice. it's a pretty nice one but then i got a notification that now because of coronavirus it won't ship until the end of the month at the earliest i was like no i i just want to slap at the base what brand what brand did you get uh it's a fender jaguar base oh that's nice i had a fender jag uh several years ago i sold it so i just got a new one i've, I've always wanted a rick hey oh that might be my next purchase i don't know go. um uh alan i was just going to ask also uh how your daughters are doing they're good um, yeah. they, they won't shut up. <laughs> well, one's they're, a baby, so you can't yeah. blame her. She's they're, just, <laughs> they're like you, they're like you two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that game. Very yeah. good. And now we will end the Skype call. At least Alan's portion. Their middle, their middle names are Dave and Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. No, yeah. no, but, um, no, they're good. Um, you know, I was just thinking about something and I don't, maybe if we want to make this, like an episode or something but the way this relates to horror and like our hobby um 
is that this will this will have a and we were talking about this earlier, but I want to touch up on it. This will affect conventions. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Like we've already seen some conventions get canceled. Texas Frightmare has been postponed till October. Right. Um, I know that was supposed to be happening here in May, I believe. Yeah. Um, oh, no, they got, they got moved to September. Is it September? Yeah, because okay. I, I rebooked everything, so now I'll have to fly on 9-11. Awesome. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I still I don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Days of the Dead, obviously, that we were supposed to go to, that got That's changed. That's October. That got changed again. Yeah. 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 So it got changed originally to June, and then they changed it to October. Yes, I forgot about that. So um, I am looking forward to that. I still got yeah. my tickets, right? Mad, Mad Monster still hasn't been postponed, so we'll see if that happens. Um, but to Alan's point, like a lot of the guests at these conventions are older actors, mm-hmm. Doug Bradley, Robert England, you know, these aren't young men anymore. Um, they're still healthy for the time being, but you don't want to risk it for yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Don't, don't give Robert England the Rona. Yeah. So, uh, older adults, uh, need to be more conscientious about it. And we also don't know pre-existing conditions that people might have. Yeah. I mean, Oh, you know, diabetes or uh, asthma, anything like that. You know, I mean, that's we're not privy to all that stuff. So, right. I, I think the conventions uh, to be a little selfish. It sucks, but I understand, and yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be yeah. like crying because I can't go to a fucking convention. I saw San Diego Comic Con got canceled. Uh, they didn't yeah. even reschedule it. Uh, they just canceled it for the year. That, there's, a, there's a big hard rock and metal festival called Vakken, and that got canceled. That's a big event. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. it's definitely changing things. It's definitely going to suck. But, you know, the good thing about this is, is that we can watch movies. Yeah. Um, lots of them. <laughs> lots of them. I have been getting a little um, burnt out. Are you guys having issues with, like... Uh like if you're streaming stuff with it constantly buffering or cutting out, I've had a, a little bit of that. Like, um, no, no, I haven't Not to it, get ahead of but, myself, but the first movie we're going to talk about, uh, it took me like, it felt like three hours to get through. Cause it just kept glitching on me. And I was like, God damn it. I had to well, keep pausing it just to make notes. <laughs> like, yeah. Actually not only just pausing it, but also rewinding it to see if what I saw was really what I saw. <laughs> was that real? Uh, and then, well, let's take this moment to uh, talk about uh, the movies we're going to re- review today. Now, you know, it's funny. It's funny how things are like happy accidents, right? I had suggested House and House 2 like a month or two ago, a month and a half ago, I think. That's what we were going to review instead of American Werewolf in London and American Werewolf in Paris. And then as I was going to London and Paris, I was like, oh, I should do those movies, right? That mm-hmm. would fit in with the theme of what just happened in my own personal life. And then I was like, I'll just bump house and house two to the next time. And this was before we were confined to our houses. <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, well now we're confined to our houses. So it kind of makes sense. So it's just like these happy accidents yeah. that, uh, that happen. But, um, I, I guess, you know, give me lemons. I'll make lemonade. Right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, the first one we're going to talk about is house. Now I've gotten conflicting dates on this. Was it 85 or 86? Yeah, I saw the same thing. I thought it was 85, but then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I've seen both as well. Yeah, it because then House 2 was 86. Right? House 2, I thought was 87. Yeah, well, whatever. One of them came out. I, I'm going to say 85 for House. But uh, let's 
why don't we do this? Let's do something a little different. Let's watch or listen to the trailer for House. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy? <laughs> but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. Leave while you can. No! It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Now. It wants you. Horror has found a new home. your own risk <laughs> all right first of all can i just say something yes. the guy's voice who does that trailer is the awesomest voice ever mm. and if it was 1986 and i saw that trailer i'd be like Fuck, yeah i'm in i want to see that house <laughs> <laughs> greatest movie ever house. Um, i will say this like visually they they were really going with William Cat on this. Like he's I know he's the star of the movie, but they were really like pushing like William Cat <laughs> in every <laughs> like the greatest super the greatest American hero. He's in this fucking Believe movie. Believe it or not, William Cat yeah. is in this film. So that's another thing. Uh you got William Cat, uh, greatest American hero. Uh he was a pretty big celebrity, pretty popular at the time. You got uh George, Norm. Yeah George Wentz. George Wentz. George Wentz. And then you got Bull Shannon Richard Mull from yep. Night Court. Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> got a pretty good. I recognize him. Like it took me a minute. I was like, "Oh, I know who that is." Oh, I didn't pick up on that. That's uh, that's who that was. That was uh, yeah. Big Ben. Richard yeah, Big Ben okay. was uh, Bull oh, Shannon from. I, yeah, I, I see it now. Night Court and Cheers were two of the biggest sitcoms <laughs> in the '80s, <laughs> and I love Night Court. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Cheers. Everybody loves Cheers, right? Like yeah. Cheers is good. Um, but uh, Night Court was one of my favorites, uh, favorite sitcoms growing up. I used to watch that all the time. Yeah. Back to William Cat. You yeah. know he auditioned for Star Wars. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. For Luke, Luke Skywalker. Of Luke, yeah, Luke Skywalker. Huh. William Cat was pretty popular. I remember watching The Greatest American Hero when I was younger mm-hmm. uh, on TV. I remember my mom having a little bit of a crush on uh, on him, <laughs> <laughs> which is understandable. He's a handsome man. <laughs> With his he, he, seems like, curly <laughs> he seems like a really cool like guy to like have a beer with and ch- you know chat with. So yeah, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, hold on. I think William Cat's mother, yeah, Barbara Hale. Barbara Hale was on Perry Mason. She was like Perry Mason, the TV show. She was like Perry Mason's. Um, she was Della Street. If you ever watch Perry Mason, she was uh, his helper. 
okay. his secretary or I don't know if she was technically a secretary or whatever. But funny thing is, is when they brought Perry Mason back for like TV movies, William Cat was on the show with, with Raymond Burr. She might have been on it also. I don't know. She only passed away in 2017, hmm. so she could have been on it. But uh, yeah, I used to watch Perry Mason all the time too. Like that was that was the kind of kid I was. Um, <laughs> wow, she lived a long life. Oh, William Cat was also in uh, Carrie. We should mention. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. He was the jock. Yeah. Uh, and y- you know, he had, he's done he's done quite a bit of quite a bit of things. Barbara Hale was ninety four years old. That's a good run. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie. Um, we'll quickly give a rundown of it if you didn't get it from the trailer. Uh, well, first of all, let me get your guys' impressions of that trailer. That trailer was awesome. I, yeah, was pretty, I really was I'm really dope. looking forward to watching this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you got a little bit of comedy in there. You got George Went uh, as the kind of comic relief, I guess, uh, in that trailer at least, where he's like, "Oh, she was crazy," and he's like, yeah. "That was my aunt." Hard to go. It's interesting because the trailer was clever enough to not show too much comedy. They just put a little bit in there, and they put they made sure to put George in there so that if you're a fan of Cheers, you go see a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the one other thing I was going to mention, let me just talk about the production real quick. So this movie was produced by Sean Cunningham, oh. also produced the Friday, Friday the 13th, 13th. Yeah. Um, creator. Stunt coordinator? Guess who? It's Kane Hodder, right? Kane I, was, Hodder. I, was, I was getting to, nah. to all of those. <laughs> God damn so, you, Alan. The, no, it's fine. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I've never seen this movie in its entirety. I've seen parts of the movie here, parts of the movie there. I You'll find that with a lot of these yeah. older movies, I've seen chunks of them, whether it's because they were on TV and I just caught them at a certain time and then I got bored and I turned it off mm-hmm. or I just fell asleep. But as the movie's starting and I'm reading the credits, I'm like, okay, this was directed by Steve Miner. Steve Miner directed Friday 13th Part 2 and, and Part 3. Favorite, yeah. Two of my favorite Friday 13th films. Produced by Sean S. Cunningham, creator, producer of Friday the 13th. Dude, uh, uh, Steve Miner also directed some really weird stuff, like in the '90s, like family films and stuff. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Like, Wild Hearts he also can't be broken. One of the most racist films ever, called <laughs> Soul Man. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with Eddie? Is that of Eddie Murphy? No, that's C. Thomas Howell, and he puts on black paint, oh. <laughs> so he pretends to be a black man, so he can Jesus. get into an all-black college. Oh, yeah, geez. that was the film he directed directly after this. Ouch. <laughs> he did uh, Forever Young, I think, right? With uh, Mel Gibson. Yes, he did do that one. I like that movie, actually. Yeah, not bad. Elijah Wood. Uh, story story by Fred Decker. Yes. Who wrote the original script, I, I should say, and it was more dark. It wasn't as funny. Which is funny because Fred Decker is kind of known for comedy. Or comedy, comedy horror. horror. Yeah. Monster Squad, Night of the Creeps. Yeah, Night of the Creeps specifically is one of the one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Manfredini did the score. Yeah, so there's so many ties, and Kane Hodder was the stunt coordinator, as Alan pointed out. Uh, there's so many ties to Friday the Thirteenth. It's like, why haven't I fucking watched this? What kind of <laughs> like tool am I that I've just put this off? Uh, plus, the the poster for it that is poster's awesome. awesome. Yeah, with the severed the, hand ringing the doorbell. Yeah, yeah um, ding dong, ding you're, dong dead. you're dead. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it's awesome. It, okay, I remember so now, seeing the poster in the the box at the at the movie or at the rental store all the time. Yeah, the box art for the VHS tape is yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's a video so store staple. <laughs> you know, that's funny, too, is because when you would go rent movies, obviously you'd rent them based on what the box art is, right? Yeah. Because you're not going to read the back. Who reads the back? Um, <laughs> and uh, that was one that I always kind of passed up on, but I always looked at because yeah. I thought it was awesome. All right, so let's talk about this movie a little bit, uh, the plot, at least. Uh, William Catt plays Roger Cobb. Roger Cobb is an author. A horror author? Yeah, yeah, known mainly for horror. Right. Kind of like a Stephen King-esque right. type guy. Um, and he's married to an actress and they're separated yeah. or divorced, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's out doing a signing and he's got his rabid fans. There's a little bit of comedy right away at the beginning when he's like There's a, a lot of stereotypes. <laughs> yes. And it's like every stereotype is in the line. You got the, the nerd who really likes him, the goth person that really mm-hmm. likes him, the punk rock person, like everybody likes him. The one, the one of my favorites is the lady in the line who wouldn't shut up, like, like <laughs> yes. trying to have a conversation with him. Because there always is one of those at, at, at uh, conventions, oh. always. And the and the guy who was like, um, oh, what's what's your next project? And he's like, oh, it's about the Vietnam War. And he's like, oh, oh sounds mm. great. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and you know. David's right is that there's always one of those people at the conventions and they're always right in front of us. Yes. <laughs> a celebrity because like we try to be respectful. Uh, we've talked about this in the past with, with people's time at least. Right. And if there's nobody behind us in line, like I remember when we met Tom Atkins, oh, yeah. there was nobody behind us in line uh, for a few minutes. So we were able to talk to him. Uh, Linnea Quigley was the same way. We talked to her for a good 15 minutes. But there was a guy in front of us, Linnea Quigley specifically, who just kept talking and talking and talking. Uh, and, and then, and no self awareness. That's my favorite too. Is like when you can see the that the other person's not feeling it, or that they're done with the conversation, but the person just keeps going. You're like, all right, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the same goes for. Um, I think it. I don't remember who it was. It might have been like Heather Langenkamp or Paul Rubens. One of these ones that had a line. And we were standing there, the people right in front of, and they're trying to like, okay, they got a long line. We got to get, it was Doug Bradley, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's just people and it's like, they only have one item to sign. That's fine. But then they just keep talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. Move it along, man. It was Doug Bradley and it was some guy who was like, you know, oh, yeah, he was like an industry guy or something, or at least he (laughs) he claimed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Industry guy who's like. Going to a fucking horror convention to get his poster signed. Like I understand being a fan, but come on, you're not that big. You're not a big shot. No, yeah. Probably work at a video store still. So that that part of the movie where he's signing his book is is was was awesome. Yeah. Um. It does. It. I think was it before uh, before that after that doesn't matter. That's that's at the beginning, but also at the beginning we find out that his aunt. Uh, who owned the house, the, the, the house, the titular house. Yeah. Uh, beautiful house, by the way. Yeah, very yeah. nice. I really yeah. like that house. The uh, the aunt has hanged herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we like find the, out from the delivery. Kid, <laughs> he goes, it's me, the grocery boy. I think that's how he introduces himself. I don't even think he says the, he, he just says, it's me, grocery boy. <laughs> <laughs> grocery boy. Yeah, that's the script. It's a that's grocery boy. This is he says, Mrs. Hooper, it's me, grocery boy. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, his name's not important. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, he goes to uh, check on her. 
she's upstairs. He hears a noise and he sees her body hanging there from the rafters. She's swinging. She's swinging. Uh, (laughs) That girl can swing. (laughs) She's a swinger. Uh, So it wasn't really scary either. No, but he, he fucking hightails it out of there like a cartoon. He's like, he's like legs. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. It's on his scooter. Yeah. He runs off and it's just his shoes there with steam coming out of him. Hold on. Back back to this. Back to this kid. (laughs) Yes. Back to this kid. At the beginning of the movie where it shows the house and the kids on the scooter and he comes up to the curb. Did you notice he bumps into the curb? (laughs) I think, you know, I think there was some small details. (laughs) I think there's small details that if you really watch the movie, I think they did on purpose to like it's, be it's funny. Kind of funny. Still yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that was on purpose. <laughs> you, you know what? Uh, you know what other movie does that perfectly is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> where he's with the convict and they're driving in his car and it's nighttime and like the convict is falling asleep or something. And he's and Pee Wee has to like take the wheel, and there's there's traffic signs coming up. Oh and, yeah, with and all it's the, windy the traffic roads. sign with the windy road, and then he passes another one, and it's even more windy, and he's like, like <laughs> trying to get control. And then there's another one where it's just it's like, like it's all like loops and stuff. And then yeah. there's one with like falling rocks, like a sign <laughs> with falling rocks, and like, but if you notice on the original VHS, the signs are coming in on a skateboard oh, towards fun. the camera. But when they released it on DVD, they cropped, they cropped it, out. it out. Oh, that sucks! And they made it. They it, the whoever did the editing had no clue that that was part of. Oh, the scene. The scene. That was yeah. That was the gag. That was the gag. And then there was another one in that movie. I can't remember what it was, but maybe you know, Brett, you're right. House was probably like they they wrote it very smartly where they <laughs> they added they added some gags and some side gags and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so William Cat inherits the house, I guess. It's really, it's really good realtor. Oh God. Yeah. Did you see the name of the realtor company though? No. no. What was it? Craven Realty. Oh, okay. What was it? Uh, the realtor guy, he was the, the hotel manager from Ghostbusters. Right. I recognize that guy's face. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was. <laughs> um, <laughs> So did he hire a realtor only to f- only to screw him over by not selling I the house? Think, I think the estate hired the real okay. realtor, What's and then he <laughs> just changed his mind because because okay, so he's all he's all depressed because he's alone. He's like living in this apartment. He's divorced his wife. He's divorced. He's successful. She's successful, but we start learning more about him. But he's yeah. empty and, inside. Well, and there's a reason why, and his his son is missing. Yeah. And um, they kind of miss each other, but at the same time, they're like... Well, they've gone through this traumatic event, yeah. and usually when things like that happen, like uh, ch- young children either die or get um, abducted or whatever the case may be, go missing, yeah. um, it's hard for it's a tough. marriage to yeah. stick together uh, because yeah. that person always reminds you of yeah. th- that child, mm. and you know, going through a traumatic event like that together is doubly hard. Um, but we find out this throughout the movie. So I'm going to kind of give a little bit of backstory. I'm not going to go through it kind of how it goes through, but I will say this at one point in time, like William cat and his wife and the kid lived in the house with the aunt, mm-hmm. either that, or they were visiting for a period of time or whatever it was, but they were there and the kid was outside as William cats, like trimming the hedges and he disappears. 
And so well, I should call him Roger Cobb. As Roger is trimming the hedges, the kid disappears. He looks everywhere, and the aunt says the house got him. So she knows something's fucked up with this house. Yeah. Um, when he sees the kid like splashing around in the pool, and then he jumps in, but then he's like not there. Exactly. Yeah. So it should also be noted that that Cobb is also a Vietnam War veteran too. Mm-hmm. That's it too, and he'll have flashbacks periodically throughout the movie, and that's what he wants to write his next novel about is his experience, his experience in Vietnam because he needs to let that out. So he's got the Vietnam weighing on his shoulders, and he's got the fact that his kid's missing. Um, yeah. Everybody presumes the kid's dead except for Roger. He's like, he's not dead. He's still alive. We're going to find him. Um, and now his aunt has died. And so, and he's gone through a divorce. So this yeah. guy's really fucking down on his <laughs> he, luck. He like, needs a little, he's got a lot of, he needs some catharsis. Yeah. He needs some counseling or, or something. So he decides that he's going to keep the house. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to move in there. And this is where I'm going to have, like, he's going to self-isolate <laughs> and, uh, he's going to start writing his novel and he meets the neighbor. The neighbor is George played by George went. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that scene where he meets George went and like, he also sees, and he sees Ooh. the, uh, his sexy neighbor lady. He's wearing that weird, like he's wearing like a, a V neck, uh, kind of sweater. He looks like the dude from, uh, the big Lebowski kind of mixed with Elvira with that plunging neckline. Yeah. I said, it's a very strange he's, outfit. As he's, because he's putting the trash out when we see him and he's got this he's got his fucking chinos on and his uh <laughs> v-neck sweater that goes down to his the v goes down to his navel <laughs> and he's not wearing a shirt underneath it i'm like he really needs to be wearing something underneath yeah, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although william cat this guy's in great shape too right because yeah. we see him without his shirt on he's all buff yeah. uh, he's a sex symbol <laughs> Woo! sure it's like he looks kind of like uh Michael Dudikoff or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know, is yeah, that a little bit? Look. He's got that. He's got that blonde, like the, like you said, like the Luke Skywalker, the Mar- the young Mark Hamill, the American or, Ninja, or Christopher Atkins, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Blue he's, Lagoon. He's got that eighties like poofy, like dirty blonde hair, and just well, like, he had you know, a perm for like yeah, uh, the greatest American hero. His his hair was in a perm, so that was pretty popular back then. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so yeah, he meets Harold, played by George Went, and Harold's definitely the comic relief. However, William Cat has his own funny moments too. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But Harold uh, is like a big fan, and he pulls out this book, and pages just start flying <laughs> everywhere. Like the book is all torn up. It's like this guy must be a really famous, really good author if people are. Uh, Carrying, carrying his carrying book the book in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it was all in pages too. Yeah. Yeah. So I love I love when he, you know, when I love when they meet and he's like talking about his aunt and he's like total bitch. Talking yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, she was my aunt. And he's like heart of gold, such a thing. <laughs> he calls her a bitch in a senile old head. Beautiful woman. But, <laughs> but the way but the way George Went delivers it was like It's like without missing a it beat. It doesn't skip it's a beat like, dead, it's immediately backpedals. But it's just like a regular guy. Like there's like, I love, I love just like the simplicity of it. Yeah. So he, uh, Roger goes back into the house and he's writing. And again, this is interspersed with flashbacks from Vietnam. We Mm. find out that he had a friend, I guess, in Vietnam that he called big Ben. This is played by Richard Mull. Um, and big Ben, he's an asshole. He's an asshole. He's like this typical soldier where he's like, you just want to kill, you know, yeah, he's like, yeah. uh, being a, a dick, okay, yeah, um, kind of a racist. And yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. He just wants to kill Charlie. Yeah. And so uh, William Cat is like stuck with him. Do you like as... how in um, all the Vietnam flashbacks, it's straight up like Disneyland Jungle Cruise? <laughs> like, the, like this from everything from like the sets, and then like they got the ooh, ah, like all the the jungle sound effects. Yeah. So, like, somebody was just at the console, like just pushing all the sound effect buttons. Like, give me a chimp, give me a kookaburra, give me a, a little bit of everything. <laughs> like, kooka- I don't think kookaburras really enough. I don't, think so too. I don't care. Me, put them I don't in. care. Put it in there. <laughs> Brett, you're right. They're they're native to Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's an Australian guy saying, "That shit ain't right, mate." Like, who cares? Who invited this kiwi here? He's like, "Kiwi, I'm from Australia." <laughs> Whatever, same thing. So they go to, um, or he goes back in, and he's he's writing this, and he hears a noise, and he goes into. Uh, investigate it. It's in his aunt's room and it's in the closet and he opens up the closet and this giant fucking monster comes out at him. Now yeah. it's... Well, it's, not at first. It strikes midnight. Like, at first he's looking and he looks in the closet, nothing there and then at midnight it happens. Yeah, and that thing looked... It reminded me of the monster in Hellraiser. The engineer or whatever it was called. Oh, yeah. It looked kind of like that. Yeah, it was just a big deformed puppet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty good. Like, puppet wise... Like it was okay. It, it was, was no right. fucking Jim Henson, no. like fucking <laughs> Muppet. But it was, uh, it was all right. It was just this very large creature. Yeah. So Cobb decides that he's going to. Um, <laughs> he's going to set up a bunch of beta cam uh, <laughs> cameras. I saw that, and and he gets every type of fucking he camera. Is. He's got Polaroid cameras. He's got Instamatics. Yeah. He's got fucking... And they're all just in a row, like right next to each other. Yeah. He's videotaping it, and he's now dressed in his army fatigues. And he looks like straight up out of a uh, like an army surplus store. Like it's a very generic kind of army look. Yeah, and the funny thing was, is like the Harry Manfredini score was very reminiscent of uh, the, uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six, like the paintball oh, thing. Oh yeah, where yeah. It's like, <laughs> which annoyed me because that's the one song on that score that i fucking hate yeah, or the, the scenes in that movie that i fucking hate i hate the paintball stuff but uh i digress uh so he does this whole thing where he like opens the door and then he does like all these like flips somersaults, <laughs> somersaults and stuff and then he like runs outside and he like slides like he's a fucking bob fossey or something <laughs> and uh <laughs> so he he runs he does a roll in the hallway, and then he gets to the stairs, and he just jumps down and like crashes. Yeah, and then he goes outside, and he slides across the the pavement on his knees, and he's just like, "I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, breaks into song. Yeah, and George but, Wentz out there. Yeah, George Wentz like, "I, you're fucking nuts." Hey, buddy. <laughs> goes back up and looks, and there's nothing in the closet. I think Cobb is thinking like maybe he's delusional. At this point, he knows what he saw. He also got scratched, but he's kind of like half, half this, half that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't really understand if he believes uh, in it. Plus he's been having these weird nightmares and he's writing this book and yeah, he, he just doesn't know. So, um, George went like brings him dinner at oh, yeah, one he night. Just, he just lets himself in. Like, does it knock? He just comes upstairs like at midnight yeah. to bring him well, some beer and snacks. Like, what if he had been masturbating up there? <laughs> you'll find that these neighbors are really like, okay, we're coming in your house. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. walk in. And that's yeah. gonna happen with the with the hot neighbor. Mm-hmm. And the grocery oh, yeah. boy at the beginning. Like, yeah, yeah no. 
knocking on doors or ringing doorbells. <laughs> that box art is a bullshit lie. Is what it is. <laughs> Ding dong, <you're laughs> yeah. dead. my ass. No one rings doorbells. Maybe that's what they're saying. It's like you better ring the doorbell, otherwise you're dead. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was just better, like a better slogan or whatever. Than like I'm going to let myself in. Also, you're dead. Yeah. Well, another thing that I that I forgot to mention, and it's coming up here in the movie, um, because. Roger is now going to get attacked by flying garden tools. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I forgot to mention is when he's walking around the house with the realtor, did you notice when they're in the shed, like the various different implements of destruction are all things mm-hmm. that like maybe Jason used? Oh yeah. The harpoon <laughs> gun to the, um, the hedge trimmers. Mm-hmm. Hedge, yeah. To like knives, machetes and things like that. So I saw that. I don't know. I couldn't find anything, but Knowing that these were the filmmakers from Friday the 13th, it's like kind of funny kind of nod, that yeah. they would include a harpoon gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Did, that was intentional. I can't remember if any of these people worked on the burning, but the hedge clippers reminded me of the burning. Yeah, there's oh, a, also, a very similar shot to the... Yeah. yeah. Part 5 has that shot where mm-hmm. the... Um, oh, the hedge clippers to the face? Hedge clippers go down uh, and, and poke out that girl's eyes. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That originated in the burning. The, uh, is this around so the same George, time where he has like a vision or um, the, the swordfish on the wall? He got the big mouth uh, Billy Bass flop. Oh, yeah. I said, I was like, do you think the person who invented big mouth Billy Bass saw this? And they're <laughs> oh, like, you know inspiration. What? If that guy started singing, take me to the river. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I couldn't remember the name and I just kept going Billy Big Mouth Bass, Bass, <laughs> Bass Billy, Billy Bass. What the fuck was his name? It was Big Mouth Billy Bass. You know, I looked into that then, and they made a plethora of different versions. Different singing fish? Yes. Different types of fish, too. Different types of fish. They even went so far as to do a deer head. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, boy, they really found something, and they went with it. They were like, like, look, we just this is our one thing. We can move on to something else. They were like, what else can we mount and sing? What else can there be? <laughs> Fucking Australian guy pops up. Oh, the kookaburra. <laughs> Get the fuck like, out of here. Get out of here, Kiwi. <laughs> in the, in the Lemmy in, in the Lemmy documentary, he has one where it sings Don't Worry, Be Happy in his bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the other songs that the original one sang. It was Take Me to the River and Don't Worry, Be Happy. Yeah. So, so you guys ever that one? Did you guys ever buy one? Hell no. For your dad? I would, I would buy uh, one. <laughs> I remember we got one for my stepdad for like Father's Day or something. I think my grandpa <laughs> had one or he probably still has it. Yeah, I would like to know who still has them. I want. I bet you could go to like any Goodwill. My grandpa find. had the oh. Take Me to the River one, I think. Take me to the river. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so stupid. And it was on The Sopranos. Was it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one, I believe. Tony... Tony beats the shit out of one of his yeah, that, people with that, it. That fish is in the, uh, it's in the pinball machine too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Sopran- yeah, the Sopranos pinball machine. I was playing um, that pinball machine with one of my friends once and, uh, that, that fish thing happened and my buddy I was playing with, uh, he just goes, Hey, that fish just talked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was also a reoccurring thing too, is like the, in the Sopranos, the fish would talk, it'd be big pussy. Yeah. Because, uh, they took him on a fishing trip and spoiler alert, they killed him. Whacked him. It was like season one, though, so... If, if somebody hasn't seen The Sopranos by now, fuck them. Okay. Um, so, he's getting attacked by all these implements of destruction. The big mouth Billy Bass fucking looks at him. He shoots that. <laughs> he, sh- he shotguns it. Um, then, 
there's like this old hag. Oh yeah. This big loaded thing. I don't know. It reminded me of Henrietta kind of from uh, Evil Dead. Yeah, and it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Dead Alive also. Very oh, much also a little bit of uh, Killer Clowns. Oh a yeah. Little bit. yeah. <laughs> but, yes. The the <laughs> effect was very Killer Clowns-esque, the, the suit that she wore. But also, you bring up a good point. Dead Alive uh, had a, a probably an impact on this. It's like there were the I think they were I think they wish they could have been as creative as yeah. Dead Alive. Yeah, there was a lot of Peter Jackson in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but not. Yes, it was exactly. like kind of yeah. Lower they were like, we Peter don't like Jackson. Australians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm not from Australia, from New Zealand. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was the reason why the kookaburra was in there. He's like, fuck that. Um, <laughs> So they, uh, <laughs> he's going to fuck up the whole production, <laughs> <laughs> sabotage this. They can yeah. call me Kiwi and put Kookaburra in there. <laughs> they won't use me for their effects. Um, this big fucking bloated corpse, whatever she is, is attacking him. I really like the, uh, the, that monster. Yeah, it was cool. When she's chasing after him, but you're right. The camera angles were very Peter Jackson because she looked really huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he shoots her, and it yeah. turns into his his, his ex wife. Ex wife. Ex wife. Whoops. Yeah. And so he grabs her, the ex wife's body, and he hides it. Right, right then, George Went has called the cops. The cops are there in a matter of seconds, which is <laughs> yeah, they get there immediately. Crazy. Um, and they start looking around. The cops are. Uh, <laughs> and and the one cop was in Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Jason goes to hell. The uh, African American guy, yeah, that cop, he was in Jason Goes to Hell. That guy's got was, a, his line is wonderful, where he's like, "Oh, like I'm a big fan. Like, could you do me a favor?" And the, and you can tell Cobb's like, "Oh yeah, I'll sign an autograph for you." He's like, "Can I use your bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I gotta take a big shit." Yeah. See, so, so the cops come in, but um, wait before they go in, George Went comes over and he's like, "Hey, I'm the guy that called," and like, or no, he's like. He's like, who are you? He's like, Harold, next door. He's like, yeah, right, beat it. <laughs> yeah, get the hell out of here. But then George Went also just lets himself into the house and he's sitting around while they're drinking coffee. <laughs> um, and like these cops are just fucking hanging out. Yeah. In house. They're sitting drinking coffee with this guy. They don't even fucking know him. So eventually they leave <laughs> and Cobb, Cobb decides to chop up the body to get rid of it. And... Uh, we got a whole little montage. Actually, we got two like back-to-back montages of like '50s, '60s type songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the song that they use? Oh, you're no good. You're no oh, good. Yeah. You're no good. You're no yeah. Good. So you're no good, and then there's another one. But <clears throat> so we get a little bit of a montage, like dedicated a back-to-back. to the one I love. There you go. We get a little bit of a montage uh, back-to-back with uh, "You're No Good" and. Uh, <laughs> Was it again? Dedicated to the one I love. Dedicated to the one I love. I forgot it already. <laughs> and uh, as he chops up the body and he buries it, um, I kind of dug the montage. I don't know if it was done tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, I don't if, know if they were trying to like make fun of montages because that's a very '80s staple. I I kind of enjoyed it as he's burying the bits of the body. The hot next door neighbor comes over. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever seen, this is very obscure, but there was a horror movie that came out in the late 80s called Open House with uh, Adrian Barbeau. She no. Was, uh, the hot neighbor was in that movie. Mary, Mary Staubin. 
But I remember seeing that movie uh, at a sleepover, like at my friend's house, so when I was a little kid, and I remember like staying up really late, and his mom rented it for us, and yeah. like she walked in like while we were watching it, and there was just tons of boobs, and she's like, "What nice. are you guys watching?" We're like that movie you rented for us, and she's like, "Oh God." <laughs> She was, Mary Stavin won Miss World in 1977. That's yeah. right. She was also in uh, two Bond films. Oh yeah. She was. She wasn't the Bond girl, but but she was a supporting role. Was she and, an octopusy? Uh, octopusy and, and a view to a, view to a kill. Yeah. Who was the villain in View to a Kill? Nah. Grace Jones. Christopher Walken. Oh. Oh, Grace Jones was too. Was she? Yeah. No. Wasn't she a villain? No, she was. No, she was the Bond girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was the Bond girl. That's right. I can't remember. What, what was she a villain in? She was a villain in a bunch. Oh, Vamp. She was the villain in mm. Vamp. Yeah, she was in She was in quite a few uh, shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grace oh, Open, Ho- Open House is, is a very shitty movie. Well, it was like, she was like, I did House, and then her next movie was Open House. <laughs> but but I, I got <laughs> to say, though, for Mary Stalin, she gets a meow. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. She's gorgeous. She still looks great, I think. So she, <laughs> she comes over with her kid. She brings a fucking kid over. Yeah, it's fucking like two year old kid. Yeah, and she doesn't even ask. Yeah, really. She's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna leave him here. They barely met once, right? Yeah. Yes. And and she's like flirting with him and stuff, and just like you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like playtime or something. Watch like my that. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I so, like how he's like, hey kid, you want a plastic bag to play with? <laughs> 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 The kid gets attacked by fucking D, the the hand, the chopped off hand, very Evil Dead-esque. Yeah. Kid's got a pretty um, sweet mullet, too. He does. <laughs> I noticed that. Full-blown that Kentucky waterfall on that guy. Yes, he does. Um, so <laughs> he, the kid's getting attacked by the hand. William Cat like, gets rid of it, flushes the hand down the toilet. <laughs> Which I half expected when the hand was going down for it to flip off, uh, flip the camera off, or flip. Wait, the I thought, off. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, you remember when a finger. first he was first he buried all the parts of that body, and then like a do- a dog dug it up <laughs> and like ran away with the hand. It was George Wentz's dog. Yeah, and then the yeah, and then the hand was attached to the kid when they came inside the house. Yep, and then um, so he babysits the kid, and uh, he's like giving him a bath, like. I was like, what? Yeah. What is going on here? Like, I mean, I understand hiring a babysitter and maybe your neighbor watches your kid, but I would never expect another person to, to give my young child, child a yeah. path. Rub-a-dub-dub. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, you know, he's not a pervert, but no, come on. But, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> um, so she comes back and gets her kid. Everything's fine. The kid's traumatized for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! Um, that curly-headed fuck bathed me. <laughs> That's what he's traumatized about. Not the not the disembodied hand. No, no. <laughs> Just the fact that it's he got bathed by, by a fucking creepy neighbor. <laughs> um, so I think he's back to like to writing his story. This this was like this, this is, is where we get the most exposition of what happens in yeah. Vietnam. But and there, but there's a funny part somewhere at this point in the movie, he's he's I think he's like working on his novel and he has a TV on or something, and there's a movie playing and it's a man and a woman, and the woman tells the man, she says, "My sister is an only child and you abused her. I can never forgive you for that." And he says, "I can't hide the fact that I've been a male prostitute my entire life." 
Oh, that and, was his and, wife. That was his wife's uh, acting. Yeah. Right, but did you pay attention to the dialogue? <laughs> the woman tells the man, my sister was an only child. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he really, says, Dude, that's funny. I did not catch and then that. He, and then he said, he, and she's like, I, I can never forgive you for that. And then he says, he says, um, I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm a male prostitute. Yeah, I'm not going to hide the fact that I was, I've been a male prostitute my entire life. And it's just like the most bizarre dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it was very and like, it, and it fades of, out. It fades yeah. out because then the scene with William Cat is going and he's doing something right there. Yeah, but it was his I, wife's soap opera that she starred in. And yeah. <laughs> just making fun of those soap opera like revelations and shit like that and how they're so corny. Uh, but you're right. Like, I didn't pay attention to that. I heard uh, the male prostitute part, and I was just kind of like... I paused it, and I rewound it, and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> we ultimately find out, though, that Cobb, when he was in Vietnam, Big Ben got shot, mm-hmm. and he was going to die, and Cobb was like, I'm going to go get help, and Big Ben was like, no, just Fini- kill yeah, me. Finish me off. Yeah. Finish me off, because I'm going to die. And he's like, no, I'm going to go get help. And then, all of a sudden, the North Vietnamese people come, and take him prison take big ben prisoner and as they're dragging big ben away he's yelling at Cobb, and he's like oh you'll pay for this Cobb. i'll get you next time gadget yeah that's what's kind of tormenting Cobb. like since vietnam was the idea that he left his friend to become a prisoner of war right and he should he have killed him or not yeah well we're now back in the house. George Went comes to help him. Cobb's got the uh, the harpoon gun and gives yeah. it to George Went. He says, "Shoot!" The, he tells him it's a raccoon, but he's yeah. like, "When I open the door, the raccoon's going to come out. Shoot him with this." And he's got uh, a, a <laughs> rope tied to it, and he's like, "No matter what he does, just shoot him, yeah. and uh, we'll capture him." Poor so George Went. Like he's actually really innocent. His character is really innocent in this movie. And he brings up he brings over a pack of beer because he thinks they're just going to watch a movie. Yeah, he just wants to be his friend. He yeah. just, and he think he has no clue like that what's going on. Like he thinks he's a little crazy, but you know he thinks they're going to watch a movie. Your favorite author, right? You're gonna yeah. Do whatever your favorite author, like celebrity type guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so Cobb, op- it strikes midnight. Cobb opens the door, and the big fucking rancor monster comes out. <laughs> rancor. Yeah. And George Wentz like ah, uh, <laughs> he shoots it. The rope actually ties around Cobb's ankle. Pulls him through. And the monster goes back into the darkness and pulls Cobb through. And he's like, um, Harold, help me. And Harold's like, what? What do you want me to do? He's like, I don't know. Grab my arm. And he grabs it. And he's like, don't let go. And Harold's like, I'll never let go. And then right as he says that, <laughs> like it, it let <laughs> immediately go. lets go. He's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Cobb's down in the darkness, which is then the jungles of Vietnam. And we see like all this stuff play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get our jungle sound effects going. Full yeah. swing. And Richard Mole, um, is like, big Ben is like, kill me. And he's like, no, oh, he's like, I'm gonna go get help. And like, so then like the Vietnamese, like they, they find him and they take his body away. He's like, I'll get you. And, yep. and then the Vietnamese he, are shooting at, um, Cobb and he like dives into the water. Yeah. And he comes out, he's in the pool. He's in the pool. Mm-hmm. In the backyard. So he goes back upstairs, and George Wentz all fucking wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts him down, like, to sleep on the couch or whatever. And then um, William Cat 
uh, goes into his bathroom and he sees something in the mirror. Well, he gets an idea. He looks at like one of his paintings from his aunt and he sees that he sees his son or a kid like in the mirror in the in bathroom. The mirror. Like, oh, That's what shit. it is. Because then he smashes the mirror with a chair. Yeah. And I thought there was a missed opportunity there when he opens up the medicine cabinet. They should have had like something like gas X or like something in, in the medicine cabinet. Some, no. Or like like hemorrhoid cream. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. It, it was really age. just. It was really a lot of Earth control. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of product placement. Like, like the one, the one I noticed was Vicks vapor rub. Yeah, yeah, or like before he like smashes it or goes in, like he takes that one thing out, like hey, you know, gas X uh, or that uh, preparation H. Yeah, um, let me. I might need that later. Let me grab that. Put that in my pocket. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he smashes the the glass out of the mirror, and it leads into that void. And he hears his son calling for him. Yep. And he's like, whatever his son's name is, Jake, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. He's like, uh, Jimmy. And so he ties a rope around his uh, waist and he lowers himself down. He goes down into the darkness and there's like this flying demon creature. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that cuts the rope. I don't know. That that was a pretty cool stop motion effect. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, but it cuts the rope. He falls down into the water. Ultimately, he sees Jimmy, and he's back in the Vietnam jungle, and he sees Jimmy. This is where Big Ben comes out after him, right? Yeah, I can't remember exactly all the details, but yeah, he he rescues Jimmy, and then Big Ben pursues them. And now Big Ben's like an awesome skeleton monster. Zombie-looking. Yeah, zombie. He looks looks like one of the uh, minor enemies from Doom. (laughs) Like one of the soldier enemies from the video game. Oh. Um... And he goes, and uh, Jimmy and and uh, Cobb, they go swimming down, and they come back up in the pool mm-hmm. again, the, uh, escaping Big Ben through a series of events. And they hug, they reunite, and they go back up into the house, but Big Ben's there. Yeah. Big Ben's like, he, you didn't fucking win. Yeah, we think, <laughs> we think the movie's over at first, but yeah, nope. then Big Ben appears. Yeah. And it's got that very, like... Harry Manfredini score, like the everything's all right, like <laughs> yeah. right before Jason pops out of the lake <laughs> yes, at right. the end of Friday the 13th. Um, so he goes up in the house and then Ben says like, he's been plotting this. Like this is, this is all because of him, right? Like he's haunting him yeah. and he's, he's fucking with everything in his life. So he, um, he gra- he tells Ben or he tells Cobb, Ben tells Cobb, either you kill yourself yeah. Or I'm gonna kill your kid. Yep. <laughs> this uh, guy is like really not understanding that like William like Cobb was just trying to do the right thing. Well, that's what Cobb to... tells him. He's like, I was going to get help. He's like, You left me, they kept me alive for four weeks and tortured me. Mm-hmm. Then kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You lazy yeah. bastard. He was an asshole. He was an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, it's so brutal, just off yourself. Yeah. So he goes uh, up to uh he takes the kid. Yeah, he goes he's like, I'm going to kill your kid, like, kill yourself, or I'm going yeah. like, to... And Roger gives him the old, like, Jareth from uh, Labyrinth, like, uh, you have no power over me, or you can't hurt me anymore, kind of speech. Well, that happens, yeah, that happens, like, when they, they're, a chase ensues, remember? Oh, yeah, that's where he throws him off a cliff or something. He throw, gets him oh, off yeah, the yeah, cliff. Yeah. yeah. Like, he takes his belt, and he wraps it around his ankle, <laughs> and he makes Ben fall. And then he goes back, and again, we have our second, oh, everything's over. Mm-hmm. Ben comes out with Jimmy again, and this is when Cobb does give him like the "You don't have any power over me. You're powerless." 
And Ben's like, oh, no. And uh, they fucking kill him. And then uh, the mom shows up. Yeah, she's not dead. Yay. She's not dead. And uh, she shows up, and Jimmy goes and gives her a hug, and William Cat smiles, freeze frame, credits, the end. Yep, the end. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, let's discuss what our thoughts on this movie. Um, I'll, I'll go first. So having not seen it in its entirety before this, uh, and I don't know if you guys had seen it before, but I have mixed emotions about it. Like, part of me likes certain things. Mm-hmm. The other part of me, like, David, you said it took you three hours to watch this movie. Like, it didn't <laughs> take me three hours, but it almost felt like it took three yeah. hours because it got long. Um, there was some parts in it. Like, I like George Wentz's character. I don't think there was enough humor in this to constitute it as being a, a, a horror comedy. Yeah, agreed. I think there was some little funny moments, but I think there was missed opportunities um, it, not to make it a full off like slapsticky bullshit comedy, but there was some missed opportunities from some good comedic moments and maybe like comedy from 1985 doesn't translate as well, uh, these days, but I don't know. I was alive in 85, so I, I would know. Um, I thought, uh, William Cat gave a good performance. I thought the, you know, it was a low budget movie. It was $3 million. It made $22 million, which is uh, quite a good return on an investment. Yeah. Yeah, I think mainly um, because of the stars. Yeah, probably. And and you know the movie wasn't bad. It wasn't scary. Mm-mm. There was no really scary, terrifying moments. It's not like a, a true horror movie. And I don't know if the movie knew what it was at certain points. Like it was um, a ghost movie, mm-hmm. and then at other points it was like this monster movie. Um, so there was there was a lot of like just thrown in shit that it was like, let's throw it at the wall and see what sticks. That being said, the performances were okay. <clears throat> the special effects were mediocre. Um, the score was good. I like the score, um, but I'm a big fan of Harry Manfredini. Um, so all that being said, I'm going to go two heads. Two heads. Dave, what do you what do you think of House? Uh, I pretty much echo everything that Brett just said. Uh, I didn't mm. think the movie was funny enough to work as a comedy. It wasn't scary enough to work as a horror film. It was a, a bit of a, kind of a bit of a mess. Um, it had a lot of funny, it had some funny moments, but just not funny enough to, to really work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the makeup effects were kind of cool. Uh, Brett, I agree the score is good. I've got the score on uh, vinyl and uh, it's you? actually a double, so it's got part one and part two, I think is like, yeah, I was thinking about looking into that, see if they still have it available. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but overall, I thought the movie was just okay. I had mm-hmm. seen it once before. I saw it when I was a kid, but I didn't remember it very well. So it was kind of like watching it for the first time. Um, I give it a two as well. Two as well. I thought the comedy was just right because it came across to me as like black comedy where it had some dark humor. Like, I'll give you an example. When George Went goes over to his house... There's a scene where he takes the address book with him. Mm-hmm. And you think, like, what is he doing? Like, is he, like, a creeper fan? Like, and what I thought originally is I thought he was going to start calling celebrities and, like, you know, like, what, what you could imagine somebody doing, taking so, like a, something like an address book from one celebrity, you get addresses from all these celebrities. But he does a really innocent thing. He calls the ex-wife and he's like, hey, I'm really concerned you know, maybe you should visit him. Maybe, you know, he's, he's, he's being really innocent about it. Like he's being, he's trying, he thinks he's, he's doing the right thing because he's worried about 
Richard, uh, you know, um, Cobb. Uh, Cobb. The wife shows up, and we know now it's not the wife, but the wife shows up, and he ends up shooting her with a fucking shotgun. And who's at fault? It's George Wentz's character. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the wife. The wife didn't show up. Yeah, but he, that thought, was, but he thought it was That her. was the ghost. Yeah. No, I know that. We all know that now that it wasn't the wife. But, but at the time, oh, yeah. watching it, you think we, think, that's what we think he killed the fucking wife with a fucking shotgun. That's yeah. black comedy to me. Where yeah. you have an innocent character who wants to do the right thing. And he, does, he thinks he's doing the right thing. And the, the ex-wife ends up getting shot with a fucking shotgun. That's yeah. black comedy. So I thought the comedy in this was great. I like that they didn't overdo it. There's little things where, like, the cop and George went. He's like, yeah, who cares? Like, get, get lost. Little things like that I thought were great. I just think that the horror side of it didn't meet its expectations. Horror-wise, you guys are right. It, it, I don't think it really knew. Like, you know, some of it was kind of cheap. Maybe that was part of the gag. But, you know, you had, like, the tools and it was like you know ghost tools, but then you had like this killer clown-looking monster, and it was like it was like a physical entity. So it was kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, but all the characters were great. I give it a two and a half. Two point one seven. Two point one seven. So yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things like the trailer, the, the box art, cool. yeah. The concept that really makes me want to like this film, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is that the film's just not that good. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like that's like there, there's moments that I think like you could, and I say this, I've been saying this actually more these days than not, but you could remake this movie, and you could make it better. Like, I feel like there's a missed opportunity. To make a good good movie, a good um, kind of horror comedy mm-hmm. uh, out of a haunted house like that. Um, not that they haven't done that; I'm sure they have done that. But um, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. All right. So the second movie is the sequel to the first movie. House uh, brought in a lot of money, as like we said. Uh, so they decided, hey, why not do a second one? In fact, on the on the poster it says, "Frightening strikes twice." So they were hoping that lightning would strike twice and they'd make a bazillion more dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the budget was $3 million on House 2 and it only made $10 million. So you can see where we're going with this. <laughs> so, there's, so there's four House movies. Let's let's talk about the other sequels after we're done talking about House 2 because there is uh, something I want to go into on that. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's watch and listen to the trailer for House 2. Last year, audiences everywhere thrilled to a terrifying film about the horrors of home ownership. House. Now, there's an all-new house. Looks like you got some kind of alternate universe in there or something. With brand new owners. Charlie. Huh? Got it. And it's getting weirder. Look, it's a prehistoric bird. I've seen enough tragedy and disaster to make you want to upchuck in your shorts. Two friends inherit a fantastic house. Charlie, there's a jungle in there. And a 170-year-old mummy. Surprise! Who is this? You can call me Gramps. Now, they're in for more trouble. 
than they ever imagined. You can kick the door open, run in there blindly, and I'll cover you, okay? Guy with the big gun goes first. House 2, the second story. This place gives me the creeps. <laughs> so, whereas the House 1 trailer made me go, I want to see this fucking movie. The House 2 story makes me go, why the fuck did they make this movie? <laughs> now, did you watch the trailer before you watched the movie? No, I watched it afterwards. Okay, uh, yeah, I didn't watch the trailer either. Cause... Again, I'll say the box art, the poster is pretty fucking cool. You got this... By the way, the house in House 2, I like way better than the house yeah, in House 1. Yeah, I did too. It's like a castle or a temple. Yeah, so we should say that it's not a house. It's not the same house. It's just a different house entirely. Um, and and the house has very little to do. In fact, both of them, the house isn't haunted. Right. It's the fucking past that's haunting these people. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then you have this like severed hand, and it's holding up the number 2, and it looks like all fucking mangled and everything. And it's called House 2, the second story. Like, that's kind of cool, right? Like, a little play on words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, from the poster and the box art, you're like, wow, that's really cool. The trailer, obviously, that shows you that they're going for the more comedic role in this. This is not a horror film whatsoever in any (laughs) world is this a horror film. I don't know what kind of movie this is. Fantasy buddy comedy? I guess you it's, you could say that about a lot of of movies. Th- yeah, this, this movie does period. not know what it is. Yeah, but it's, it's not like but, uh, it's not a horror I know what movie. This movie is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's like a it's like a poor man's weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's, it's like weekend, weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, Bernie's kind of business. Uh, that whole like buddy comedy like. Yeah. These two, by the way, the one guy. Okay. So, well, let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So, we got the main character. His name is Jesse. It's played by Ari Gross, uh, who went on to become famous for being Ellen's best friend on the Ellen uh, oh, okay. His girlfriend, Kate, who's played by Lar Park Lincoln. Again, another uh, connection to Friday the 13th part because she. Seven, was it? Yeah. She was Tina in uh, Friday the 13th, part seven. Kane Hodder is also back in this movie as stunt coordinator, and he makes a little guest appearance as the gorilla. Yeah, at the Halloween the guy, party. The guy in the gorilla outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the the Jason from Part 7 and the main survivor girl from Part 7, which would come out a year after this movie. Yeah, uh, Amy Yazbek. Amy Yazbek, who is the widow of uh, John Ritter. Bill Maher. Bill Maher, okay, so Bill Maher is so... so Bill Maher playing Bill Maher. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Kind of a smug douche. Bill Maher is so famous now for being like a political comedian commentary, you know, uh, politically incorrect TV show, now the real time with Bill Maher, um, which I, I love Bill Maher. I think he's a great at what he does now. Bill Maher did a lot of shitty movies back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't say that Bill Maher regrets doing that because it got him paid yeah. and he got to go to the Playboy Mansion and all that kind of stuff when he was young. But he did a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> this was one of them. <laughs> uh, Jesse's best. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to say John Ratzenberger. Um, but yeah, the, the yeah. best friend 
Jesse's best friend uh, is played by a guy named Jonathan Stark. That's I don't the, know. He's he was Chris Sarandon's sidekick in uh, Fright Night, the guy that like kind of watches over his casket and stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't remember. Wow. Yeah. He also looked exactly like Lloyd in fucking Dumb and Dumber. Looking tired, haircutted freak. Like he did. I almost think that Jim Carrey watched <laughs> House Two right before he did Dumb and Dumber, and was like, "That's who I'm modeling yeah, my character like on." <laughs> Because he looked like him, he talked like him, he acted like him. I mean, it was fucking. He kept dumb. doing that mouth thing too, like, like he would like clench his teeth or something like, like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like both the... of those characters did that. He kind of does it in uh, Fright Night, also. Yeah, this guy is fucking Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Plus, he's also dumb in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. But that's Charlie. Um, then you're right. John Ratzenberger makes a about a five minute appearance. Again, I, I, they, the filmmaker said it was coincidental, but you got two of the co-stars of Cheers in House 1 and House 2. Yeah. No, they, they did that. It's real Perlman in House 3. <laughs> yes. Woody Harrelson, maybe. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Ted Danson. Ted Danson's wig. <laughs> uh, Christy Alley. <laughs> so, I don't even know where to begin with this movie, because this movie's so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It opens up and you got this. It's like in the nineteen. Is it like it's like yeah, like the late fifties, early sixties or something? And yeah, and this couple is giving their child away to another couple, like for adoption or whatever, because I guess they're scared that something bad's gonna happen to the kid. So they, they give the, their child away, the new parents drive off with the baby, and they're now in the house. Uh the old parents are in this fucking castle. Mm-hmm. And uh there's this ghost that appears, and he's like, give me my skull. I want, I want my, skull. my skull. This Rob Zombie-looking motherfucker. Yeah. It's a really funny, like, scary voice, too. Like, hey, something out of the Muppets. Dr. Dr. Claw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so picture Rob Zombie <laughs> with Dr. Claw's voice. <laughs> with and, no, uh, no articulation in the jaw, either. Like, this guy's mouth, like, barely moves when he talks. <laughs> and he kills this couple. Yeah. So now it's 25 years later. Okay, what the fuck was that? Like, what What the fuck did we just witness? We don't know anything about it. It's 25 years later, and Ari Gross is the grown-up baby, I guess. Jesse? Yeah. And he goes back <laughs> to the house. And they make yeah. sure to tell us several times that his name is Jesse and that his great-great-grandfather was also named Jesse and that he was named after him. <laughs> Might that yep. be important? I don't know. They make uh, sure to tell us several times. Uh, pay attention, kid. <laughs> In case yeah. you missed it, we'll tell you a couple more times. But I guess my whole point is, is like, the parents died back in the 60s. Like, why all of a sudden is Ari Gross like, I'm going back to this, I'm going to this house. Like, did he just figure out, like, we never know why. Yeah. Like, it's I, think never I think we're supposed to assume, like, he did research on, like, who his biological parents are and all this other stuff, but they don't explain it. Like, we're just supposed to Also, assume. that trailer, that trailer's a lie. It said two friends uh, inherit a house. Like, no, they didn't. Yeah, it was just him. Yeah. No, it was just him, and it's like, he inherited the house. The other friend's like, a like, years freeloader. Ago, fucking died. The other, the other friend's a freeloader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the he goes to this house with his girlfriend Kate, um, and meow, meow. <laughs> they uh, giving my meow for someone else. They're they're like hanging out, and um, he's like an art, an art guy, an artist. What is he? 
I thought, I is he know. a writer, like for, or an anthropologist or a photographer? I, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't figure that out either because the, the buddy. He's like a famous, like a, rich art yeah, historian. Something like that. And like she works for a, like a music studio. She works for a record exactly. company. Yeah. Record company. She works for Bill Maher. Yeah, and Bill Maher is the head of the record company. Well, meanwhile, Charlie shows up with his girl, I guess. I don't know because. I thought it was his girlfriend, but then he's like hitting on other girls. Like, I think they're friends. I think they're like just, they're all friends. I think. I guess. Well, this girl, uh, Amy Asbeck, she's like a wannabe singer. Like she's got her own rock group. And so Charlie <laughs> makes a point of playing the music really loud. So, so Kate hears it. And after like, maybe like two bars, uh, Kate's like, Oh my God, this is the, the next best <laughs> thing. I better get on the horn and call up, uh, my boss. Yeah, she's the new. She's the, the Madonna, Madonna of the eighties. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! Yeah, that's the kind of jokes we're gonna get in this movie, folks. The Madonna of the eighties. And then they even like they can't even let the joke hang because somebody's like, "Oh, I thought Madonna was the Madonna of the eighties." Like, yes, that's the joke. Thank you for yeah. explaining it to us. <laughs> if you had to explain a joke, it's not funny. <laughs> so Ari Gross, Jesse, he's doing some research, and he finds that there's this fucking crystal skull. Now, I will say this about the movie. It's better than Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to watch a movie about crystal skulls, I guess this is the one to do. (laughs) But he's doing some research, and he finds that his great-great-grandfather found... Jesse. Yeah, Jesse found a crystal skull. And so him and Charlie are talking about it. And uh, he's like, I'm going to go dig it up. I bet you I know where it is. I bet you he buried him. He's buried with it. Yeah. What? And so he goes and digs up a grave. And this is what I also hate. I've talked about this before. In movies. <laughs> I, I thought of you. <laughs> when they're digging something up. Oh. They, they like dig down to a certain point And then it's like, boom, we hit it. And then they just uncover it. I'm like, it no, work. that's not how something works. Like That's not how digging works. <laughs> not only that. But do you know how fucking heavy a coffin is? I thought about that too. And like one's pulling on one side, one's pushing. Like, come on now. And do you know how hard it is to dig six feet down in the dirt? Yes. With two shovels? Yeah. Have you ever like like, put sprinklers in? Like it's an all day thing just to dig one little trench. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like you need like. And you got to take several beer breaks. Yeah. Or you need, or you need to get a pickaxe. Mm -hmm. Maybe a garden hose to moisten the soil. (laughs) Yeah. You need a lot of. A lot of work. A lot yeah. goes into it. This is a whole process, man. All right. So, what did you guys think? <laughs> uh, I've already told you what I think. Oh, this yeah. movie's fucking dumb, dude. When they <laughs> when they dug him up, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but like the zombie or whatever, like pops out of the casket because he thinks like that they're trying to steal his skull or whatever, and he's wearing like a mask. And at first, I thought that's what just what the zombie looked like, and I was like, that's yeah. straight up Party City Halloween costume. Like, that's not even Spirit Halloween. That's Party City. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. it's bad. And then when he takes the mask off, I was like, okay, that makeup actually, I thought was pretty cool on Gramps. No, I thought Gramps' makeup was fine. But yeah, Gramps was buried with the skull, and he's been buried for a while. Um, and he's like. He's like, oh, I was waiting for someone to come dig me up, and he's still alive. Like he's been in that coffin, yeah, like for alive, hundred and fifty years or something. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it was, I, I thought he said seventy years, but in the trailer it said one hundred and seventy. Hmm. And I was trying to do the math. I was like, well, if this is great great grandfather, like I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know how far back that goes. And the old west was like the eighteen hundreds. He was basically his. His grandfather's grandfather. 
But yeah, I don't even think like Whatever. they even knew what they were doing. So. <laughs> the story is so fucking all over the place. Well, so like I said, it's not a horror movie because they have this crystal skull, right? He's like, you gotta, you guys gotta protect this crystal skull, and then we get various incarnations of people from the past coming to try to steal the skull. Yeah, yeah we get a caveman, caveman and some looks, Aztecs. Dude, the caveman looked like a like a wrestler, like an eighties wrestler. I looked it up to see who it was. Was he it a wrestler? Was a wrestler. It was, he was a bodybuilder. Okay, bodybuilder. I was his, I was gonna say probably was, a weightlifter. Yeah, his name was the Barbarian. That dude was jacked. That dude was jacked, but they go back to like dinosaur times. Yeah. Which okay, come on. We know that people and dinosaurs did not live together. <laughs> that pissed me off. <laughs> but they go back and they get a fucking pterodactyl. Then they get this cow killer that's like actually a got a dog's yeah. dog's face. <sighs> this movie. And so they fucking get the crystal skull back, but they get the fucking pterodactyl baby and the caterpillar dog. That, and the then, caterpillar dog like automatically like sealed the deal. It was like, yeah, this isn't horror. <laughs> yeah, no. And then, and then, uh, so that's when the party's going on, right? Dude, and, uh, this is like another '80s cliche, or just movies in general. Like, it's always a party. An amazing, and not just a party, a kick-ass like Halloween costume party where everyone's got awesome costumes. There's cool, like yeah, everybody shows stuff. up. Everyone like, shows up. Parties. How come there's not one douchebag that just shows up in street clothes that like, dude, did, it's a, it's a costume or a, party or a shirt or a shirt that says, this, this is, is my, my costume. Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had parties before and you invite, you always invite like a hundred people and like four show up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's just me because yeah, nobody likes no, me, but. like Yeah, but this one, everybody shows up. They all got good mm-hmm. costumes. And then the, the douchebag buddy, he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I invited some people and there's, over. And there's <clears> drinks <throat> and food and everything. Yeah, it's like, yeah. who, who put out the place settings? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so, I thought, as a person who has an annual Halloween party, it takes planning. These things don't just happen. I also uh, thought they just lived out in the middle of nowhere, too. I don't know. <laughs> So, and Graves is at the party. He blends right in because he's a zombie. Got a costume. This is when the barbarian comes and and punches Kane Hodder off the balcony. (laughs) Um, And then, um, oh, and then later on, some Mayans come. Mm -hmm. Or some Aztec. I don't know if they're Mayan or Aztec or whatever the fuck they they were. And they take the skull from Gramps. I actually thought that was one of my favorite like gags in the movie was the grandpa like is telling the the kids or whatever. He's like, uh, there must have been thirty or forty of them (laughs) coming at me from all directions. Like it was two of them. It was two guys. It was two two guys. And then John Ratzenberger comes over. He's an electrician. Uh, and he's inspecting the house's wiring, but then, uh, I liked, I liked, I actually liked all the bits with him portal, and then all of a sudden he's got like a sword. I think it looks like you got some sort of alternate universe in there or something. Yeah. And then he's like, you see, you see these all the time <laughs> yeah. in these old houses. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. He was funny. And then he gives him a card and it says an electrician part-time adventurer. Yeah. And when they, um, they, so they rescue this like virgin meow. That cues the meow. Yeah, from the <laughs> that was Alan's meow, right, Alan? No, it wasn't. No, no. What? No. Well, and the virgin—that was the girl from um, Society. The girl yeah. played Clarissa. Yeah. The, oh. Okay. Hey, you want me to pee in your drink? That girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't the meow. Who's no. the meow then? Rochelle. She was super cute. The ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she was cute. She was cute. That girl I was married. To, that girl was married to Dave Coulier. Oh, was he? Yeah, in real oh, was life. She? Yeah. Um, and no, she I heard he's giving her the old woodchuck. 
<laughs> he gave her the old cut, cut it, it out. out. <laughs> and then he, and then she heard Alanis Morissette she went down on him in the theater, and it was and it was all over. <laughs> <laughs> she was really cute. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, uh, she gets the meow. Okay. Well, anyway, so they rescue the virgin, and then they're all sitting down to a Thanksgiving meal. And of course, they prepare it. They got the whole like cover over the turkey, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what people fucking do. do. Nobody does that. <laughs> and then they reveal it, and of course, it's the head from the ghost, from the Rob Zombie looking motherfucker from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just so happens to be Gramps's like old like robbery buddy, yeah, Slim. And he's pissed off that he didn't get the crystal skull. And so then a fight ensues. Well, of course, Jesse, the the younger version of Jesse, not Gramps. He shoots him, blows his head off. The cops are there. They're going to arrest him. Doesn't uh, doesn't Slim shoot one of the cops? And so they think that Jesse's a sniper. Right. Yeah. He's going crazy. Charlie gets injured. Gramps gets injured. Gramps dies. The virgin is still there. The pterodactyl's still there. The caterpillar puppy is still there. Yeah, can you believe what I'm saying? Like these words, <laughs> like I don't even understand them. But and, like this before is the what grandpa happened. dies, like uh, he asks uh, Jesse's, like uh, to, he's like, "Hey, did you blow his head off?" Uh, you're talking about Slim. He's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Ah, that's good. I, I thought he'd kick your ass." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they bury. So Ari Gross or Jesse goes through the fucking portal into this like bright light. In the old and West. then the next the next scene we see is. Like, he's buried Gramps, right? And he puts the crystal skull on top of the grave. Then we look over, and there's the virgin. She's on, like, a fucking horse and carriage. Yeah. There's Charlie in the back with the caterpillar dog and the pterodactyl. They all go riding away. The end. (laughs) What the fuck is this movie? (laughs) I love this is the worst goddamn dumbest fucking movie I think I've ever seen. I love how the crystal skull throughout the whole fucking movie, it's so like sacred and important and it's like don't lose and all the other shit. And at the end scene, he leaves it on a pile of rocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For anybody, no, anybody can come and take it. Yeah. Also, what does the skull do? Gives him everlasting life. But when Gramps gets the skull back, well, he's still he, he alive. He Uses it. Okay, whatever. That says no. Take it. I. He's like, it's time for me to die. Okay. They yeah. don't really say like what it. I don't want to defend like, the movie, but they did explain that. Or anything. <laughs> they don't explain dick, dude. Dude, the best movie. The, the best part of the movie is when Gramps is watching TV and there's a Toys R Us commercial and had the Toys R Us kids song for like yeah. two seconds. I was like, oh, I remember that. Song. It's like I don't want to grow no. up. And oh, then he turns Toys R Us kid. I was like, ah. Oh. Then they changed the channel. I was like, I wanted to hear the rest of that song. I wanted the bikes to trains to video games. Yeah, no. I want to go to Toys R Us. I got to go to Canada for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I miss Toys R Us. Toys R Us back in the day, though, was like the best fucking thing. And I always wanted to go to Toys R Us, but my parents wouldn't really take me. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to go. And and the times that I did, like it was like, get what you want and let's get out of here. Right. It was like, you want fucking friday 13th the video game yes and then you would take that ticket like off the wall and then you'd go to that window dude when you would grab that ticket you f- you were the fucking king of the world like oh yeah. that stuff was, was like, like a I... million dollar bill and then when you got the box the, yes. the nes box you were just like yeah. looking at it and you're like this is going to be the greatest day of my life mm-hmm. but we had a what i what i what i was going to say though is that i always wanted to look around like I wanted to go up and down every aisle and just look at all the toys. Yeah. 
But I just went straight to the video games. I would browse, but yeah, the video games, that was the big one. And then I, I remember as a kid, like, you know, being eight or 10 or whatever, and thinking like the guy who worked like behind the window that you gave the ticket to for, that was the coolest job ever. You're like, oh, best man, job. That best guy job. must love his job. And then I grew up and I, I've, I've, real, I've found out how jobs work. They, they built, when I was a kid in 95, they built a Toys R Us close to where I lived and it was in walking distance. And I would go there after school and uh, I would go straight to the video game section. And this was when they, and I think some places, I actually, I don't even know if any places have these anymore, but they would have the consoles where you could play mm-hmm. them. Yeah, the, the demo. The TV. The, well, they had the demo. Uh, so the aisle was segmented into three sections. And in between each section, like one had a demo, one had the N64, which had, which had just come out, and one had like a PlayStation one and on the n64 they had mario kart and kids would go there after school we'd play mario kart for hours mario kart on the n64 is one of the greatest fucking games of all time i still like the the snes version is still my favorite and they're both but great. the controller for the n64 had that joystick that in the middle in, yeah the thing in the middle yeah. yeah and that was how you controlled the cart it was it's pretty fun. good it's pretty good on the switch too and yeah. it had the trigger for the jump. Yeah. Do you have it on the Switch, Brett? I think so. You want to play it on I'll kick your ass. Switch. On you the gotta play Friday the 13th. Yeah, we do. Sorry. Yes, you will kick my ass on the Switch. <laughs> I probably won't. I'm sorry, you were saying, Alan. On the PlayStation, they had Mortal Kombat Trilogy, and one of the workers there would, like, school us on Mortal Kombat, like, all the fucking time. <laughs> so I thought that guy was, like, the coolest guy who worked there. Because he um, knew everything about the fucking game. Okay, so here's something that I remember from Toys R Us. And this was probably around 93, 94-ish. At Toys R Us, by the video games, they had, it was something you would put your Nintendo into, and it was an arcade cabinet. And you would plug your Nintendo into it, and it would be like a stand-up arcade cabinet. That's cool. And it wasn't associated to Nintendo, but it was like a third-party type thing. And I thought that was the fucking coolest thing. So. So when I got into arcade collecting and everything, I looked into that and that I did find it. It was on one of the forums, but it wasn't nearly as cool as what I thought it was <laughs> um, back then. But uh, people were talking about it on, on like Clove and, and whatnot. And I guess some people have gotten it, but it was like nobody ever bought it. So it was marked down. Somebody got some guy got it for like 30 bucks. Dang. That's back cool. in the wow. day. Did you guys have a uh, Lionel play world where you grew up? It was like Toys R Us. No. no, but instead of Lionel Playworld, if I remember correctly, instead of the giraffe like uh, Toys R Us, it was a kangaroo. I think <laughs> maybe a kookaburra. Who knows? Kookaburra, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking kiwis. <laughs> um, the uh, the toy stores that I remember was KB Toys, obviously Toys R Us, but I didn't have. What's the other one that was in uh, Big? Oh, um, oh shit. The yeah, the one that's in Times Square. Um, yeah, yeah. They have they have them at various places, but we didn't have that back back where I lived. Yeah, me neither. But I know I can't remember the store. But Kmart, Kmart, and Walmart. Yep. <laughs> uh, house two. <laughs> I don't know how we got on the that subject. Oh, the Toys R Us commercial. Oh, the Toys R Us commercial. Yeah. If that's the best thing about this movie <laughs> is the fact that there was a two second Toys R Us commercial spot. That led us down that conversation about video games. That conversation was a lot more interesting. <laughs> that conversation, that last 10, 15 minutes of conversation. The best, te- us, best 15 minutes of my day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. 
this movie fucking sucks, Alan. <laughs> What? What? I didn't make it. What? What are you getting mad at me for? I'm not. I'm saying. What are your thoughts? Oh. Um. Well, I have three notes. What are you drinking over there? Is that a Voodoo Ranger? Sorry. Yeah, they're pretty good. All right. Yeah, cool. Imperial IPA. Nice. I'm drinking a Sculpin. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gaze into the darkness. <laughs> extreme close-up. Alan's got it all the way up to the camera. All right. What are your thoughts on this movie, Alan? Um. You have three <clears throat> notes. I have three notes. Note number one, Ancestry.com. Because I feel like I feel like this movie, it, it was almost, it almost feels like it was sponsored by Ancestry.com. This movie came out in 1987. Nobody knew what the fuck DNA was. No, I know that. But it reminded me of fucking Ancestry. It, it felt like one big, because as Dave pointed out earlier, you or somebody were kept saying, like, they said that, like they kept trying to make it known, like, oh, there was their great great grandfather. He's the great great grandson. Da 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 da. And it was just like, and then he's doing research, and he's with his buddy in the basement. And it was like, see, this is my great great grandfather. I was named after him. I was named after him, and this was my grandfather. And this is it. And they were playing music, and it was just like it felt like a fucking promo for Ancestry.com. Okay. So that's why note number one was Ancestry.com, because it felt like that. Like, the, all, the, all the shit that people are doing now, like, oh, who am I? Am I related? You know, the fucking woman says, I'm related to George Washington or some shit, you know? So it's like, it felt like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> note number two, Rochelle is way cute. <laughs> and, and I'm going to expand on this note. Like, like, what was the point of her character? What was the point of Bill Maher's character? What was the what point was- of... The, even the girlfriend, the girlfriend like because when they go like when they, when they leave there's no resolution there's no resolution there's, to no, that resolution. There, there's no resolution between the boyfriend girlfriend yeah, they drive away and we never see him again there's no resolution between like him and like the fucking the the creeper record executive bill maher yeah rochelle disappears like it would have been like a, maybe it would have been cool if like she became part of the story like she joined their group like it would have been something nice to look at I thought he was going to win his girlfriend back in the end, and no, nope. I thought Rochelle was like a way cuter character. Like I just thought, like she was funny. She was like, "Hey," she was like, "You got a minute? You want to talk? You want?" She's like, "Let's let's go out back." She was down to party, but she was down listen. to party, and it was like they like my point is like they missed the mark on like so many things. It almost makes me like wonder like what like what of it was intentional and what of it was like stupid mistakes. The only thing I will say is the guy who wrote this wrote this script in two weeks. Yeah, I mean... It shows. And it's the writer from the first one, and he directed it also. He, dir- I'll he directed honest, this like, one. Like, I don't hate this movie. I, I really don't. Like, like there, was, there were, like, a few funny parts, but it was, like, it fell flat. Both movies fall flat in the horror department. This one, it's, it's not even... It's non-existent. Like, we discussed... It's more like sci-fi fantasy, like buddy movie adventure. Like it was like a sci-fi adventure buddy movie or something. So it's really not a horror movie. So there's no horror element to it, and the comedy wasn't that great. Um, I don't hate this movie. I, I give it a one and a half. I mean, you know, Rochelle was Rochelle was cute. The fact that you gave this movie a one and a half makes me want to just like reach through Skype and like slap Brett, you. No, I've. Brett, you don't understand. I've told you before, there's movies that I hate much more than this, and then there's movies that I've given a... It's not about hate, okay? It's not about hate. It's about whether they're good or not. 
Okay, this movie is shit. This movie is bullshit. This movie is cow shit. This movie yeah. is horse shit. This movie right. is any type of shit, all wrapped up into one fucking package and presented to you. But- There's no redeeming <laughs> qualities to this movie. I don't care how cute any of the girls are. I don't care how funny Grandpa was in one scene. I don't care about no. any of that shit. Okay, right. I don't care about this <laughs> Alan, you want me to come to your defense? Because I gave this movie a one and a half also. I mean, I don't... I don't <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, Dave. Wait, Dave. Slap Dave, hold on. No, hold on, Dave. Hold on real quick. Um, collectively, yes, Brett, it's a piece of shit. But if I find something that I kind of like in a movie, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm telling you why I gave it a one and a half. Now let's go to David. <laughs> why um, the fuck did- give this a one and a half well last week we reviewed uh, american werewolf in paris and i gave that a one i would watch this movie a hundred times uh before i would watch american werewolf in paris again uh this movie especially like i i, That's I, a good point. I genuinely That's missed good you point. guys when i was watching this movie because i think it would have been a fucking blast uh having like being side by side and, and watching this and just ripping it to shreds um so I, there were things there. I'm going to give it credit for a few things. I I thought the makeup was really good. Uh, like Gramps looked really cool. Yeah. Um, the, I actually liked the music in this movie better than the music in the first one. I thought the mu- the music in part one was very much a ripoff of Friday the 13th. I mean, I love Harry Manfredini, but I thought it, it was almost it bordered on self parody. Whereas I thought like this one had some more original stuff going on. So I liked that. Um, I liked the ambition of the movie, like as far as like some of the time travel portal kind of stuff, it scores creativity points for like, I could see had there been like Brett, like you were saying when we talked about the last one, could this movie be remade and be made better? Yeah. Like there were things there that could have worked, but the movie just had a mess of a script. Um, probably a, a first time director or somebody who was fairly inexperienced, um, there were plot lines and subplots that went nowhere. Uh, so the movie's terrible. Um, but I still found a couple of redeeming qualities, and I would say I liked it better than movies that I've given a one. So that's why I went one and a half. Yeah. The, the ambition's a good point. That's why I gave Neon Maniacs a one and a half. It had an ambition to it. There were some things that were, it was just like, it could have been way better, but it, it's not the worst movie I've seen. Same thing with this one. This is not... Like Dave said, American, American <laughs> exactly. World. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give right. it. I'm not gonna give it a lesser rating a to a movie that I obviously don't like. You know, I like much less. So David called it. I'm gonna give it a half, and I I forgot what I gave American Werewolf in Paris. But David, you, you made it. A, a, you gave it a one. No, I gave I, American I we, Werewolf in Paris we, a half. I thought we all gave it a one. No, I gave it that one a half also. Oh, okay. I'm gonna give them both a half. They both suck ass, <laughs> but to Alan's point, yeah, Poultry Guys was by far worse than this. <laughs> yeah. and, and I will also say, although although I can't rate movies saying, oh, this would be fun to watch with my friends, I have to go on the merit of the film itself. If this movie was remade, could it be made better? Possibly, but it still wouldn't be a fucking horror film. No. It's marketed as a horror film. It's marketed as a horror comedy. It's hardly funny, and it's not scary. So it's it's marketed very wrong. Now, I will say this. If I was 12 years old in 1987. Yeah, for its time, eight, yeah. And yeah. I saw this movie, I'd probably be like, this movie's fucking awesome. 
if I was watching USA Up All Night and this movie came on, I would watch it and be like laughing and enjoying this movie. But now, no. I'm glad I didn't watch the trailer uh, because I'm sure you guys had a similar reaction about like 30 minutes or so into the movie. I was like, what on earth is this? Like once like the like the caveman or whatever came out and like some of this weird portal stuff and time travel started happening. I was like, Oh wow. This is a, this is a whole, this is a whole thing. They never really resolve anything. That's that's what I said. The characters went nowhere. Yeah. The character. And and that that was, that was my, that was my third note too. I don't think I gave you guys my third note. Did I? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Go ahead and give it again. My third note was, was literally just a sentence. What the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> yeah what the fuck is a good is a good summation of this movie that's a 1.17 overall so i mean that's a bad movie it's way too high it's not the worst give it a zero it's not the worst we've seen though no i was gonna give it a zero to average it out to be a one but i decided that i have to agree with you guys sometimes on <laughs> is it worse than other movies that i've seen and if i'm gonna go off that it's not. I would. I would rather watch this than American Werewolf in Paris. Yes. <laughs> Does it mean it's better? No. But what did you give it? A zero. I gave it a point five. Point five. Okay. There was a House Three and a House Four. However, House Three. House Three was called um, the Horror Show. The Horror Show. Oh, okay. Apparently, it was too dark to follow in the House line of films, so they changed the title and marketed it a different way. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense because I was looking. I saw House House Two and House Four, and I was like, "Where the hell's the third one?" Exactly. But then they made a House Four. They went, "Ah, it's too dark to be House Three. We're going to change the name entirely and not put it a part of this." But mm. the next movie we make, instead of calling that House Three, we're going to call that House Four. Yeah, yeah. It gets <laughs> even more interesting in Italy. Yeah, Is that where you were going to go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so it's. Um, in Italy, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are called La Casa and La Casa 2. House, <laughs> house 3, no, House 1, no, 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 House 1 isn't part of it. But House 2 is La Casa 6. <laughs> and then there's a movie called Ghost House. I think it's part of the series. Anyways, I can, I'm, going, I'm doing this on memory. I'm not reading I'm going to look it up right now while you're talking yeah. about it. Uh, so La Casa is Evil Dead. La Casa 2 is Evil Dead 2. La Casa 3 is a movie called Ghost House, which is really shitty. Um, Have you seen it? Yes. we got to talk about it. <laughs> La Casa 4 is a movie called Witchery. La Casa 5 is called Beyond Darkness. Beyond Darkness. La Casa 6 is House 2. House 2. La Casa 7 is House 3 or The Horror Show. The Horror Show. And that's it. Yeah. So the House 4 is not even in there? Uh, no, they stopped house at 7. House <laughs> and House 1 are not in there. I said, we'll just yeah. call. We'll just leave it alone. So when these... And, and none of these are Italian movies. But the way they were marketed in, in Italy and parts of Europe, they were marketed as a continuation dating back to Evil Dead. <laughs> so Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Ghost House, Witchery, Beyond Darkness... House 2 and Horror Show are considered one franchise in parts of Europe. Isn't that fucking nuts? That's weird. And they're all called La Casa. And those La crazy Casa kiwis. For five, six, seven. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, if you like 
house or if you like la casa or if you like kiwis or if, or if you're stuck in your casa <laughs> anyone you want somebody to talk to you could reach out to us uh how can they reach out to us david uh, on social media you can find us on twitter uh facebook and the slash rap where we are the swear wolves we have the swear wolves youtube channel we are on instagram where we are the swear wolves podcast you can go to our website theswearwolves.com or you can email us directly at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. And I would encourage everyone to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got some subscribers, but we have this ongoing contest. We have an autographed a scream mask. Right now it's autographed by Matthew Lillard. Who knows who else it will be autographed by because a lot of the shows got canceled. But Yeah, we were planning on adding at least a, a few more signatures, so hopefully that'll happen soon. We are planning on adding uh, those, and we will go... Uh, to different conventions when we can and add to that. Uh, I know Roger Jackson, who's the voice of uh, Ghostface. Neve Campbell herself. Nev. Nev. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Everyone's going to be wearing hazmat suits too, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we're going to get that autograph. But the only way uh, that you can win that um, is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. As soon as we get to 100 subscribers, I am going to go through the subscribers and I'm going to uh, pick one and we are going to send them this mask. Now, right now, like I said, the mask is autographed by Matthew Lillard. If when we reach 100 subscribers, it's still only autographed by Matthew Lillard, well, that's what you get. Um, <laughs> so if not, it'll continue to grow as we grow. So hopefully we can get that done soon. So uh, that's about it for housekeeping. Um, anything else that you guys want to say? No. Wash your fucking hands. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to close this show like I've closed this show in the past. Uh, so for the Swearwolves, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Fuck Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Come suck on my dick. Come play with my team. <laughs> Come and goggle my balls. Oh, if shit. you want to goggle on my nut, <laughs> this dick's for you. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you guys know that uh, there was a comic book adaptation of House 2? I did. Written by Ralph Macchio? Yeah, but it's a different Ralph Macchio. Um, oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. So as I was watching House 2, I almost um i almost bought you guys copies and i was gonna bring it up in this episode but then i it was like as the movie went on this movie fucking sucks i'm not i'm not even i'm not doing that I, <laughs> I almost bought him too only because i thought it was ralph macchio the karate yeah. kid but i'm glad you just said that because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not the same guy <laughs>
Yeah, but yeah, because on eBay I think they're only like two ninety nine or something. You get a copy yeah, they of super were, cheap. They're pretty cheap. Um, I thought. What the hell is that? Garbage man? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were at the airport for a second. Um, <clears throat> do we want to do like a like a like a clap? Do you want to get the clap? No. Do you <laughs> I want to get the clap for me to sync everything up? Yeah. Maybe we could both take our dicks out and flick the like flip the, the camera the at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. Hit the the mic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that this this video screen is only this big. <laughs> I don't want to mess up my pop filter. 